0: It's time for the straight skinny with
1: the G the G Man. All right, welcome to the Straight Skinny Show. That's the straight skinny if you want to delve into previous shows that are on the website. And uh, I don't know if you like the Zach Brown band. God, I love the Zach Brown band. It's and a that good song band. Chicken that, that song Chicken Fry. Let me just do a, a tidbit here. <laughs> Talking about the chicken fry. Cold beer on the Friday night. Pair of jeans that fit just right. And the radio. I want see sunrise. See the love in my woman's eyes. Feel the touch of my precious child. Know my mother's love. Yeah. what a great song. The whole is song is in the yeah. patriotic stuff. It's a great song. Yeah, I. I anyway, today's rope. show.
0: On, I trick up yeah, to that on, song. Yeah. yeah. On
1: on, <laughs> on today's show, we have two uh, stellar guests we're going to interview. Number one is Ben Kraus, who founded and promotes and cares for the veterans his organization is disabledveterans.org and we have my friend from phoenix i met from colorado lives high in the mountains and his name is rick Lowe. he'll give us the lowdown on rick Lowe. all right we're gonna take a break and we'll be back with our guest in a moment thank you did you notice that women have cornered the market as spokespersons i mean look siri is a woman the progressive insurance commercials girl on TV? A woman. That Russian girl from Moscow pitching at and I mean, the examples are everywhere. God, why? Because women come across as more trustworthy. I always trusted what my mom said, didn't you? I mean, look at what men sell, what they pitch. Insurance, cars, real estate, stocks, political spin, God, And look what women promote. Men are hard promoters. Women are soft promoters. Let's be real, men. A man doing the soft touch, it'll create a hashtag. That's why we trust women more. They have the woman's touch. Listen, you want to hear more about the Did You Notice segments of the show? Go to the website, thestreetskinnyshow.com. Okay, you're talking to the G-Man here. We're back from break. Our urals are the thestraightskinnyshow.com or straightskinnyshow.com, or if you want to know me up close and personal, you go to jerrythegman.com. All right, next up on the queue uh, is Benjamin Krause from disabledveterans.org. I met Ben a couple years ago when his show was an experiment. Now it's serious. It's dead serious. Ben, are you there?
2: Hey, G Man, yeah, I'm here. Thanks for uh, having me on again. Nice to uh, be able to touch base about all these wild things we have going on in the land of veterans and also, you know, generally in this uh, fine and fabulous country of ours.
1: Are you saying that facetiously?
2: (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I try to be optimistic. Otherwise, you know, I I don't get up in the morning.
1: Okay, well, the glass is three, I guess for Ben, the the glass sometimes is three quarter full. That's, That's right. Really, hey,
2: rose-colored color, rose glasses as frequently as possible.
1: Yeah. Through the looking glass. You and, you and right. Alice. You and Alice. Okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Don't get down the rabbit hole, Ben. Okay. Mm. Um, please. We need you guys. We need guys like you. Let's talk about an issue that always pops into my head. Trump did something. I believe it was an executive order where he said, you know what? Americans are dying while standing in line. This is bullshit. If you can't, if these veterans doctors, they can't get you in there within a reasonable amount of time, you now have the right to go to any doctor and we'll pay for it. What? Yeah. Is that true? Uh, No. So,
2: so um, the idea was that veterans uh, would have a choice, you know, because it was called, you know, the Veterans Choice Program. And so it gave the the illusion to the public that the veterans had a choice in their health care, but. Uh, in reality, the agency hamstrung the program and the uh, private contractors that were hired to facilitate the process uh, had a, a host of problems um, in trying to implement. So veterans actually did not get choice, uh, but they did get, uh, you know, the stuff that comes out of the back end of the meal. So, uh, oh, wow. You know, so we got that going for
1: us. Wow. Let me ask you another question, Ben. I guess you're finished on that point. Okay. um, If I remember two years ago when we talked the first time, you said that when Trump was running for election in 2016, he got six. Who's scratching their ass with the phone in the background? Mm -hmm. Anyway, uh, I don't know. I I hear this noise and I don't think it's a bird. Um, Anyway, 63% of the veterans voted for Trump because he made promises. And so my question is two years redux how many of those promises in your mind as an expert at this with disabledveterans.org has he actually kept? And are you happy?
3: Mm, that's a
2: good question. So so basically, uh, Trump has kept a couple uh, promises. I think that at the end of the day, the bureaucracy of the VA, I don't know, maybe we'll call it the, the, the deep stooges as opposed to the deep state, right? So the deep stooges in the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs are at least uh, and not an, so inept that they're able to evade uh, accountability. So we had the accountability law that Trump put into place in uh, like within six months of taking office, which is, was a complete disaster. And what it ended up doing was allowing leadership to retaliate against lower level whistleblowers and employees, while the leaders, who, you know, the law was supposed to basically help fire, were not fired at all. So it was basically a big hoax where uh, there is no accountability, in fact. Uh, And it was supposed to be called the uh, Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection, and and the name is, you know, really turned on its head. It should be Whistleblower Prosecution, because that's really what has happened.
1: You know, ideas are great, but action is more important. So uh, who's perpetuating these problems? Is, Is it Trump, is it the administration, or is it the entrenched Veterans administration people who just can't, can't get rid of these guys. They're like a, well,
2: like a, a, po- lot of, a They're pariah. They're, they're in the system, and they've been in the system for years and years. And from their perspective, you know, administrations come and go, but they're there forever. So you have the SES, which is kind of the upper crust of the VA, and uh, the, the senior executive uh, service. And so those are the folks that are the equivalent of, like, a general in the military except in the VA and they're, they're very difficult to get rid of. They're very, I, I, I,
1: not to interrupt you, but I know how to get rid of them. What's that? I know how to get rid of them. What's your plan? Well, we, they live somewhere, right?
2: Oh, okay. you you're so, recommend what a Tucker Carlson move where you go to his house and
1: try to harass his wife or something? Like, what do you, no,
2: you no, We we,
1: we, get, we get a thousand veterans to go to his, uh, across the street from his house when you know. Public property, <laughs> and uh, called a show of His wife goes, "Who the hell are thousand people across the street?" And he goes, well, "Uh oh, oh, they know where I live now." Shit.
4: Yeah, yeah.
2: I don't know. That would. Um, I would bet that if that happened, the FBI would be on the doorstep of practically everybody yeah. out there um, doing that kind of a protest. But I think that at the end of the day, uh, it's it's not just the accountability problem. So. Trump promised for uh, another example is the the White House call line where if a veteran had a problem, they can call right to the White House and Trump would be on it with his team of crack specialists. And so what actually happened is uh, they slapped. So one of the things with Trump that I like and I don't like is that uh, he was really clever about licensing his name to other companies. And so like Trump Tower, these other hotels, you know, slapped Trump on it slap some Trump on it, and then bam, you know, he would he would make money off of licensing his name. And uh, his administration is not dissimilar to that. So the uh, one example is the accountability thing that I just talked about. That was actually rolled out under Obama. And a lot of the people that are involved in the development of those processes are still employed at the VA today. So there's, you know, nobody really changed except for the people at the top that were political appointees. Then you So, so they slapped a different name on it And then Trump is like, oh, I win. Look. And then he moves on to the next thing. And so the next thing was this White House call line. And it was supposed to be a call to the White House. Well, what happens? So Trump slaps his name on it. Boom. But what what it really was was a call center uh, that I had recommended with some other people to the former secretary under Obama back in 2015. Uh, 2016, I think it was somewhere in there. And uh, they followed through with what we told them would make sense for veterans, which was having a call center for emergency issues and rolled it out. Well, Trump slaps his name on it. Now it's the White House VA hotline, but it doesn't go to the White House at all. They're not involved. It actually goes right to a VA call center. It's not, it's, not they, India, it's not in India, is it? No, well, no, but there was an instance where that happened uh, in a different call center where it was routed overseas.
1: <laughs> yeah, and, my point, yeah.
2: Yeah, no, that happened uh, where a suicidal veteran was routed to India. Uh, they claimed that, <laughs> that that was impossible, and I and I believe the veteran, you know, was being truthful when he told me that it was overseas and it sounded like somebody <laughs> in India.
1: Yeah, when somebody said, Can you pass can you pass the curry the curry, you know? <laughs> right,
2: right. Or we're in Mumbai. Oh, okay. Well that <laughs> seems like India to me. <laughs> uh, last checked. So, uh, and that, that kind of weird stuff does happen, but they didn't, they denied it. The VA denied it, you know, so full disclosure. Anyway, so the White House call uh, hotline is another example. And what they do there is very similar to the whistleblower protection. They take, feel the guy's call. It doesn't go to the White House at all. They then route it back to the same people the veterans complaining about. So they get, you know, retaliated against. Awesome. Wow. So it's the same type of move that the whistleblower protection office does, where they claim, you know, file a claim with the whistleblower protection office, then that information, instead of being routed the way that you would think and being investigated, they send it back to the regional office or to the uh, uh, VA uh, medical center for them to deal with it and evaluate. It's the same move. So they develop these little cycles. It's no different, really, than what was going on before, except they paid, you know, millions of dollars to implement something that is literally the same thing as before. The money actually goes to the contractor or whoever is working for a VA to facilitate those processes.
3: Wow,
1: this reminds me of customer disservice, Will.
0: Yeah, I know. Well, that's the government. They're they're the antithesis. I think if you look in uh, Webster's, you'll see customer disservice, and it would be the government. I don't care what side you're on.
1: Yeah, no, that's, well, that's I, absolutely I, I, true. Yeah, yeah, I pronounce it "gub go, 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 government," government with yeah, government, government, yeah. government.
2: Yeah, big big government, get off my back. Yeah. You know, it's funny because you start to look at what that means, and uh, the the reality when you when you scale back to like Adam Smith and some of those other ma- models, we know that, that human beings tend to have you know be corrupt when they have a lot of power. And the Adam Smith model, as far as I know, doesn't necessarily uh, advocate for no regulation, but definitely not over-regulation, you know, some kind of, yeah. somewhere in the middle, yeah. acknowledging, you know, human tendencies. But at this point, what we have in the VA is basically a bunch of private entities, a bunch of corporations that come there with their hands out. So it's like uh, socialism for the rich, you know, socialism for the corporations. And they come there and they do these, you know, contractual services, complete failures often. You know often to take a look at the 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 GI bill recently where they uh, the government has pumped the taxpayers has pumped hundreds of hundreds of millions of dollars into a system to create a way to process the GI bill well that that seems interesting because the GI bill has been around for eighty years or however long six to seventy it, years so yeah. it it you would think that the system is yeah, probably streamlined at this point right I mean everyone knows what yeah. it is they, they call it something new every ten years or so, and they reinvent the name. But essentially, it's very you know it's not dissimilar to previous versions. Uh, but wouldn't you know that every time they get a new name, they have to go out and take out a new multi, multi hundreds of millions of dollars to to fix that system. And so they created a new system back in like 2014 that was worked like right half the time, awesome. And uh, but it wasn't quite oh. done, and it was you know a few hundred million over budget. You know whatever. Uh, and it didn't really work. Well, then they roll out the new one, the Forever GI Bill. Ooh, you know, a lot of those before. Now it's the Forever GI Bill. And they promised, yeah, we're going to have that puppy up. It's going to be ready to go. And, you yeah. know, a couple subtle changes and it'll be, it'll be good to go. You know, they pumped in, you know, hundreds of millions and billions of dollars into updating the, the VA's IT systems. Then it comes time to roll that puppy out. Last year, at the end of last year, wah, wah, you know, veterans didn't get any of their money or, or part of it. Agency couldn't adjudicate, it. and the agency basically came out and they're like, "Oh, we're sorry, we just uh, hired the wrong contractor. This contractor doesn't do development; they do integration." Oh man, oh whoops!
1: Whoa, you know whoa, yeah. when whoa, they tried to roll when like, they tried when they when they tried to roll out Obamacare, whether, it's, yeah. whether you think it's good, better, or different, their computer people sucked.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, they had to they had to pull in a crack squad to called ad hoc, right, to mm-hmm. fix it. So it's literally called Ad Hoc is the name of sounds the company. Ger- sounds
4: German.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: they had to – well, it's Latin, right? Ad Hoc. And so they, they came in, and that company fixed the uh, kind of Obamacare website, the health health
0: website. Oh, that's right. Because yeah. it was a mess. And they did
2: the same thing with the VA, and they had to do the same thing uh, because the VA was a mess. And it's like they've been dumping billions <laughs> of dollars that's into these Christ. systems. At the VA, they just, they're they are in a multi-year, multi-billion-dollar contract upgrade system. Get this. This is the point. The point is, when they got in front of Congress, not only did they basically say, we're not going to give you a deadline on when we're going to fix it. We're not really sure. We're not going to pay the veterans back who were screwed. And uh, okay. thank you very much. Fuck off. Oh, sorry. I can't do yeah. that. Ble- Bleed me out. Anyway. 1306.
0: <laughs> 1306. That's all right. Yeah. I got a couple to pick up from G-Man, too. So Yeah. Oh, by the way, I got
1: to get, get to the
2: punchline. You, you got to I got to I got to do the punchline. So the punchline is they get in front of Congress and everyone's like, wow, where's the GI Bill? The GI Bill's been around forever. How can you not fix this? And they turn and they're like, well, we hired the wrong contractor. And then the contractor's like, man, it's really hard to integrate a 50-year-old data system with a new system for these new things. And then everyone looks at the VA and they're like, 50-year-old, we've given you billions of dollars to update this. What are you doing? How on earth, what is the problem? We've given you billions how much more do you need to get this right? They're all like, well, uh, we won't tell you that. It's a mystery. <laughs> we'll just keep coming mm. back
1: hat in hand. Hat in
0: mm, hand. Wow. Yeah, you talk about
1: ad hoc. That's what it sounds like when I clear my throat. Ad hoc. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Ad hoc or ad pawn or ad used car. Uh, right, ad. It's like
1: something that gets caught in your throat. A little flaw. Yeah. Uh, toy, huh. toy 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 uh, give, me, give me a spit tune in the corner man
0: anybody right. that says the <laughs> word let's be clear that anybody that says the word hawk is usually on a corner and
1: uh, <laughs> right. what are you hawking today i'm hawking my jewelry he's yeah. <laughs> shop exactly yeah uh <laughs> oh, man you got to love big government they, Art, they Art, have Art. a hard time they have a hard time with capitalism imagine them trying to deal with socialism yeah I don't mind
2: well, I mean, it's socialism for the rich. You know, they definitely privatize the gains and socialize the risk, you know. So when they screw up things like the GI Bill, hey, you know, Uncle Sam will cut another check for that. They'll have to hire another company to come in and do whatever. But, you know, the the, the money keeps coming. As long as it stays broke and God forbid they fix it, then these contractors will be out of work It'd be really
1: sad yeah. for them. In my next life, I want to be a spin doctor. I think it's a great job.
2: I want to be a government contractor. My God, you know, I tell you, I don't know why I went to law school. I could go be a government
1: contractor,
0: yeah. Man, What's the name of your company? Oh, yeah,
1: Carp Blanche Incorporated. Yeah, I, I oh, like – I, I Whatever I, you need. I could be –
0: um, I, I could be, have a government job of selling boxes that my wife has gotten from Amazon. Oh, boy.
2: <laughs> nice. Nice yeah well don't forget your markup though you got to mark that up you know oh, don't 4, worry 100 you know yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I got a, a pristine box a little bit of rain on it because it's out by my recycling but dude 100, 150 bucks okay well, you, you
2: gotta you gotta build in your proprietary process for you know ensuring that it meets all hardness parameters <laughs> <So
1: don't forget laughs> let's, that. let's let me let me interject boys let me let me bring rod in because by the way Ben rod uh from New Zealand it, it was a british paratrooper corps so i want to hear his his comments about what what we've talked about the last 10 minutes go ahead rod
5: yeah i mean i uh
1: that's a lot of interesting stuff just being
5: said then my uh my question to ben would be um what's the main challenges for the va currently i mean i see the budget went up from 49 billion in 2001 to just under 200 billion uh this year i think
2: no, Trump gave us two hundred and nine billion dollars.
5: Yeah, and, I don't, and it was—I think it went good? up eighty-five percent under Obama. So yeah, you know, it
2: went up a lot. Yeah, no, yeah,
5: it yeah. So, so you've got—it seems to me—you've got a substantial rise in in uh, the budget. So, what would be the main challenges then, given that?
2: You know, that is a great question. i in fact, I've heard that type of question from Congress back to the VA, probably about twenty times. And I, I can't honestly say that I've heard a great response. Sometimes they'll say, oh, well, you know, the veterans are just, you know, claiming more disabilities. And, you know, of course, the disabilities are the result of war, and the result of war tends to be propaganda that then brings us into wars that don't need to be fought. And then we give the troops, you know, equipment that doesn't work right so they get injured. Yeah. Anyway, so so while we're busy, you know, shortchanging the soldiers and they come back injured and we try to shortchange the, the, the veterans, but there was this nifty invention called the internet, or the interwebs. The what? And so
0: what?
2: The internet. <laughs> and so a lot of veterans became educated about how they were being screwed and started writing about it. I'm one of those guys. You know, there's a few of us that write uh, in, in this uh, arena as advocates or attorneys. And we informed the public and veterans about the problems veterans face. And also how to get access to their benefits. So they come in front of Congress and like, veterans are just claiming more disabilities. Well, is that really the issue? Or were you screwing us before, and now we know better because of the Internet? And uh, you're not able to shortchange vets as easily as you did before. I mean, they still get away with it, but, you know, uh, not a, not carte blanche like they used to before the Internet. And everyone relying on, like, ABC
5: News to tell us the truth every couple of years. Yeah, Knowledge and you know power. What? Well, an interesting thing about the American budget is, you know, America is by far the wealthiest military in the world, and you spend a lot more money um, on your soldiers. So compared to other countries like Britain and New Zealand and so on. So, you know, it seems interesting that they still have problems with being able to afford things in this country. Well, they they
2: spend a lot of money on the contractors that create planes that don't fly or you know i think what is it the f-35 cost a yes. trillion dollars or something like that yeah. and the plane doesn't really work right no. or yeah. the bradley tanks or you know any number of these different equipments that came from various contractors that don't work you know so what, what ends up happening is you have the the soldiers that go out in the field that are wearing like for example flak vests and equipment that are not appropriate for desert warfare ending up with problems like heat stroke or yeah just where their 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 bodies aren't covered properly in combat, and so they end up getting hit by a round or some other kind of shrapnel in an IED explosion, that doesn't, you know, it ends up piercing the armor because the armor is, you know, half-rated. Whereas if they had other forms of, like, body armor, you know, it would be better. And so there was actually a point where some soldiers were actually having their family members send them body armor.
0: Oh, my. That
2: was That would work.
0: On eBay. And
2: a general said... Uh, issued an order saying that they could not do it. You had to wear what you were given, even Mm -hmm. though the stuff that they were getting from the private sector that was not through these contractors was far better, lighter and would breathe better in the heat, so they wouldn't have heat stroke and other problems.
0: Yeah, but Ben, let, so, me, the, ben, let me throw this out. Uh, you know the reasoning for that is because we live in Sioux happy America, and the government's probably sitting there going, uh, you know what, if you use your vest that you got on eBay that from your parents, um, you can sue us because we didn't issue it, and it doesn't have a disclaimer."
2: the beauty of the system, uh, right when the military-industrial complex took over back in the 50s, is that they also created what's called the Ferris Doctrine and that allowed them to do anything to our soldiers without fear of reprisal or oh. accountability as it relates to lawsuits. And yes. so they call it the Ferris Doctrine. And it essentially precludes lawsuits against
0: the wow. DOD
2: when they, wow. you know, are negligent or intentionally negligent even. Sure. Or I, I shouldn't say intentionally negligent, I should say, you know, in- you know, intentional yes. in their tort feasance. Uh,
1: You can't sue.
0: Maybe it should be called the so, ferret, the ferret document. Well, actually,
1: it's, what happens, F- actually, what happens yeah. actually, what happens, he's a soldier, aka elaborate.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's been a problem that's been documented in the uh, Edgewood files and some others, where the CIA, DOD, Army did a fair amount of experimentation on veterans. They made it top secret so the veteran couldn't even get health care. And explain what happened to them, but they were experimenting on these soldiers using LFT and other other things, and they couldn't get disability for it because, of course, they couldn't say what happened. And uh, for se- however long it was, it was at least 50 years, and they finally released it under I think Bill Clinton in the late 90s and allowed them to at least get health care. And they've been trying to sue, starting in I want to say 2007, to, to expand the the benefits and whatever that they were receiving. Uh, that I don't remember the outcome there, but there were millions of pages of documents that came from the CIA and elsewhere uh, related to that type of exposure, but the, the government was not accountable. You, you know, they can do anything to you in the army and they're, that is true. Wow. Hey,
0: GMAT, well, one of the, one of the, things, ahead, one of the
5: interesting things, one of the interesting things is uh, when you do this contracting, you talked about that before, actually the, the contractors who work for the government. Um, yeah. One of the outcomes of that obviously is that the, the lowest bid often gets the job and they end up by doing a shoddy um, you know, job of it anyway. And that's why you end up with this uh, situation we have.
2: You would think that that's true, but oftentimes it's not. So you'll have no bid contracts very frequently
5: to select
2: contractors who, you know, there's no competition. They right. do what they want. And so it's not always accurate that they that it goes to the lowest bid and frequently the contracts are increased over time through scope creep and other you know various ways mechanisms that can increase the overall value of the contract over its course. Wow,
5: wow. So why do you have why do you have a no bid situation that seems to go against the whole capitalistic ideal?
2: Well, you know, I think that that's a great question.
0: <laughs> but I'll tell you what. Uh, hey, G-Man, G-Man, I think we should we need to go to a break. Got to take uh, the sponsors in consideration. If you want to take it to a break, great. If not, I'll do it for you. Go ahead. All right, folks, you listen to the straight skinny show.com. Of course, the G Man, and we are the other folks. I am Will, the producer, uh, on the show, and you can all check out his website, Benjamin Krause at disabledveterans.org. Make sure you check it out because there is about time that we made sure that the veterans got their pie, their apple pie, and not just an empty tin. Hey, Ben, thanks for being on the show. Uh, G Man, here we go. We'll be back in a little bit, folks. Don't go away. I'm Will Robertson. this is The Daily Scream. Ah, here we go. As a kid, I loved going to the Museum of Science and Industry. My favorite thing was they had this booth, two of them, and you and your friend would sit in it. You'd pick up a phone, you could talk to each other, and see each other on a black and white monitor. That tells you how old I am. Then a male voice would come over and say, in the next 50 years, this will happen. And lo and behold, bam! We went from two cups and a string to an iPhone. Now we're able to say hello to our family members with video. Hi, Mom. Yeah, I know, I know. Pack clean underwear. I gotta go. We're so advanced nowadays, we have robots that can do things that we don't wanna do, like build cars, vacuum our home, and robots that marry people in Japan. So if robots are being used to cut costs and because of their intelligence, maybe we could put a few in Washington. If we don't like them, we unplug them. If they fight, we sell tickets. For those of you who think that robots are going to take over the world, there's one job that they'll never take over. Mom. Get my cartoons at willsays.com.
1: All right, next up on the queue is Rick Lowe Rick Lowe I'm gonna get to low down from Rick low Rick Lowe is a gentleman I met around the pool in Phoenix and unfortunately I was there for not a good reason to bury my brother at the age of 74 but mm-hmm. his quality of life was El Succo so that's not a curse word El succo so it was it was a blessing he was <laughs> the, the blessing he went
0: yeah, he's up there with
1: uh, the rest he's up there with the rest of the walkers now. Anyway, um, so I, so um, funny story. Uh, Rick is just minding his own business walking his dog. And the G-Man had no squirrels to talk to, so he's talking to himself. And Rick thought he heard me call his dog's name Peeve. I was probably <laughs> saying I'm peeved. And so he comes over, he says, do you know my dog? I said, no. And that started a, a few days of conversation. And he told me his bio, which he's going to share with us. I know personally and professionally. And I thought, cool guy. Got to get him on the show. So, with that intro, we're going to talk to Rick Lowe and get the low down. Rick, how are you doing today? It's a fabulous day. I gave it to others, right? Yeah, man. Any, any day you wake up's a fabulous day. Let's talk about you personally first. Let's not go back to the age of reason at seven, but let's take your uh, personal life uh, and you talk about yourself.
4: Go ahead. Um, again, you know, like I told you before, that's a, that's a broad question, you know, I mean, any, anybody can talk about their, their life in any given way, right? But the thing of it is about me is is you find out your existence in life, you know, all the way from birth to the first time you remember something to to the things that you experience in life, including, a, you know, at 14 years old falling out of the second story window or somebody pushed me out, I should say. You know, and sitting a two and a half months, stay in the hospital at a a teenager's age with a broken femur bone and sitting there with two broken wrists that are shattered and everything else. And you kind of sit there and think about a lot of things, even at 14 years old. And I found out even before that, that there's people out there that come across your life that God puts you before. And for what reason? You know what I mean? You always have to ask that reason. Why has God put people before you? You know, what are we going to do with that? And you know when I heard you say you're peeved or something like that, and I says, you know, I, you talk, do you know my dog's name? <laughs> you laughed at, me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you laughed at me, and I went, what the heck is this all about? I says, it's, it's like I got this angel over here, and he's he knows my dog, you know. And, <laughs> so I sit down. So the next thing you know, you know, G Man starts yapping, right? <laughs> yes, he
0: does that. We love him for yeah. that,
4: right? Uh... And I'm sitting there and I'm going, I like this guy. I like people that yap, you know. So I sat down, and next thing you know, and I want to take him for, for for a walk, right, and do his, let him do his duties. My, you know, my little peeve, his little Shih Tzu. And the thing, next thing you know, <laughs> over there, I let, yeah, worried. I don't have to edit that it's one out. It's shih-tzu. a dog. No, it's a dog, Shih Tzu. It's it's a Chinese dog. I'm over there. So I sit down. I sit down next to, next to the G man. We start talking, right? And what does what does Peeve do? I take him off the leash, which you're not supposed to do, of course, in the in the urban country. And I see, you know what? I look over at Peeve, and he's doing a squat over there, right in front of G man and I. I go, really? I go, he never does that. In 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 he had to go really bad. So anyhow, long story short. When I come across people like this, even Ben Krauss, okay, this this is huge to me because I got a passion for people that give their lives, okay, to others on a regular basis without looking really for anything in return. If you really want to know about my life, my bio of my life, that's who I am. And that's what I love about people. When I meet them, I want to know what purpose do you have in your existence as a human being. And that's the stuff that turns me on. Then I get to find out about it. And then the funny thing is about you, G-Man, is you just go. And you go, and you got quotes, and you got sayings. It's like you're walking a Wikipedia. I've never, I've never run across anybody like you. You remind me a lot of, of, uh, of uh, you know, Larry Hendrickson, his name is. And he was Herbie Brooks' best friend, okay? And he passed just this last year. And, and he was the Hendrickson Hendri- Foundation. I told you about that, Will. You know, when I was texting yeah. you, and that stuff. I mean, that's the stuff that I get off of. I didn't know I wanted to do this because somebody threw me into coaching in 1993. Okay, coaching hockey, and I didn't even want to do it. Next thing you know, it, I get, I get, uh, I get, I go and we go through the tryouts and everything, and the last day they cut the three teams, right, A, B, and C, and they threw them in a locker room. And they put, you know, the names on there. And so all the kids are on the C team. That's what I got. That was my first team. You know, the, the lowest players, so to speak, if everyone wants to call it that. I don't believe in that because they're they're in development. They're in a process. Sure. Of becoming better people. Okay. So I walked into that room as a fresh coach at, what, 30 years old, something like that. And I walk in there and I looked at them and they're all crying. And they got their parents wrapped around them, you know. And I'm all jacked up going, all right, guys, let's go and I go, what's wrong, man? I walked in that locker room, and he said, you're just going to throw the pucks out on the rink and, and just say, go chase them. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that right there tweaked me. Something happened at that moment in my life that said, it ain't about Rick Lowe. It's about your existence, Rick Lowe. Okay? And that's where I went to. That's where I ran to. Next thing you know, it this this friend of mine, he wanted me to help him. I hate big organizations. I didn't want anything about do with Minnesota hockey and USA hockey and all these big government things, so to speak, if you will. And I, I said, no, I don't want nothing to do with it, Terry. He says, I need your help. Are you my friend or not? I said, yes, I am. He says, well, I need your help. So you're going to help me as my friend? <laughs> I said, all right. He says, you know all that crap you're going through right now up there in Alexander, Minnesota? Yeah. He says, I'll tell you what. He says, I will take... And I'll put you in a position that you're going to be in charge of the coach, the ones that are working your butt over right now. And I said, I don't want to do that. I like to work behind the scenes, man. He says exactly what you're going to do. You know what he said to me? He goes, you're benched. And what do you mean I'm benched? You're putting me in a position. He goes, you're benched. You're going to sit there and you're going to watch and learn from the best and the worst. He says, then you're going to take and internalize it and make it into your own. And I sat there and went, oh, okay, I'll try that. And these meetings I went to, you know, you talk about apprehensions and anxiety because, you know, you're around these people in a district of of northwestern Minnesota that as ACE coordinator, you're sitting there going, oh, man, I got to sit here and deal with all this stuff. And these guys that are above me, they've been around for 35 years, right? These coaches and these, these, these organizers, these directors and everything else. And I'm sitting there going, why? And I kept asking God, why do you have me here? Next thing you know, it he's got me in front of every high performance, you know, um, programs, which is psycho hockey in Minnesota. Like Minnesota hockey, like dictates the whole world, right? And and he's got me in front of this thing, and I'm just going, "What are you doing, Terry?" He's just smiling at me. He says, "You're rocking. Just keep rocking." And I go, "You know, Terry," I said, "I don't want to be put in front of any face. I don't want to be a face. I don't." want to be, I love to work in the trenches with the kids. Okay. And he says, well, he says, I'm going to put you in the forefront of all these NHLers and all these D one coaches and, you know, division one, you know, colleges all over. And I go, I don't want the next thing you know, I'm he's got me in front of all this stuff, right? Elite league, the elite league helped me. You know, one parent loved me to death because I helped this kid and, and then he gives me work. And and I was working on all this internet stuff on my own because I saw back in 05 yeah. you know actually before that where things were going yeah, you okay. know before it blew up so I I just I just started searching researching you know, next thing you know I'm training with people from all over the world from Australia from New Zealand from the UK from all over the United States we're all training together on the internet learning all about this stuff and how to make things happen in life you know cyberly branding it's it's like it's like a hidden secret for people's passions Okay. Nice, and that's nice. what I saw. G, G, man, that's what I saw in you, man. I saw passion in you and, 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 and okay. Then I say, okay, God, why am I here talking to G man right now? And then, you know, as I was talking to you, this is what he's ta- telling me. He goes, because, and then all of a sudden you come up with the phrase of God brings people together. You know what I mean? You know, the phrase that you have, you know, the. Quality. Some sometimes people cross your path and change your whole direction. Exactly. You know, so what you're doing is, is, you know, all these years I got to sit in a locker room, you know, with, you know, even my 15 camp during July, you know, before sending off to the national camp out there in New York. I'd have 34 girls and I have 34 boys at 15 years old, the top kids in the the nation and the top kids in the world, really, because most of them go to the Olympic team and everything else and the junior team, the 18, 18 and older teams. That go internationally and I'm sitting there with all these kids and I, you know, I'm running this whole show as a GM, the director and everything else. And I keep asking God, why, you know? And, and he just say, just give them who you are, give him your heart, share your experiences, even your ones that didn't work out. And watch. Wow. I'm serious, man. I shared the things I lost in my life with these. Kids. And you know what? When you walk out of the room, you don't remember what you say. It's just, it's like God puts words in your mouth. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know? And you walk out of that room and you sit there and go, oh, and I walk out and the kids are clapping. And I don't know, I don't even remember what I said. I just walk out of the room and then the other two coaches are sitting outside of the room and they go, how the hell did you do that? I'm, okay, you got to take one out there again. You know, bad word. But I mean. Oh, no. go, how hell,
0: hell's Hell's okay. Hell's okay.
4: You're okay with it. Okay. That yeah, and shit suits. okay. <laughs>
5: <laughs> but, but I'd, I'd rather know, be in the ship than in hell. That's for sure. There you go.
4: <laughs> well, like, uh, yeah, it yeah. was never. It was never about the game of hockey. When you go in in life and anything you do, it's never about really what you're doing. Just like this show. It's let me interject. How- it, let me
1: interject. This. Let me interject. This. second before I lose this thought. Go ahead. go ahead. Rick. Hey, Rick. We talked about this in our talks about the greatest coaches aren't teaching the sport, they're teaching the game of life. Tango. Going to make a man out of you, son.
0: Well, yeah. let, let, let me throw something out there. It's Will, the producer, is, is that kind of what you're talking about is uh, there's an author by the name of Martin Buber, and I don't know if any of you know who that is, a book called I and Thou. It's that time when you spend it with someone and you talk to them and, you know, I used to talk about my wife and I spent the first two years literally inseparable and we just talked about politics and life and and spiritual stuff and so on. And you would be looking at your watch uh, and you'd go, oh my gosh, I thought we were talking for like 10 minutes and it's been four hours. Uh, I and thou is basically when you lose your ego and you just are experiencing whatever, either it's individuals or a group of people and you're having so much fun uh, being real with each other that you lose track of time and what you're talking about as a i'm raising my hand as a motivational coach and speaker and someone that does a lot of this with younger folks in the industry and talks to them it is the it is the thing that they can listen to and get lost in but yet absorb so much uh, and really when it comes to motivating people it's really more about what you have done in your life life that will help them and less about the thing that you can do uh, a quick band-aid or a quick fix uh you know or some kind of motivational quote it's really about life
1: yes my dad once said to me son i wish i could cut the top of my head off and give it to you
0: <laughs> that's kind of gross that's kind of gross yeah. yeah well get a haircut, I, I just, get, a haircut it, no, get a haircut dad get a haircut yeah you don't
4: need yeah. a haircut
0: <laughs> no, I
1: just I just what he was saying,
5: you know. Yeah. Well, you know, and you know, I just want to make a comment on this. That uh, it's great the way you guys met. You made that comment about how, you know, the world puts uh, people in your path, and you don't know, you know, what it's for, and so on. You know, it's great you guys met by the pool. But I'm just going to say that when I'm hanging out <laughs> at the pool. I tend to meet girls, not other dudes.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I was, for yeah, that. oh, so some, some reason, I was peeved that night. I'm talking to myself because the squirrels left. Yeah, I,
0: <laughs> so, Rod, I think you, I think you think, Rod, that they were girls you're meeting, but I don't know. <laughs> well, it was
5: not Thailand, so you
1: never know. What <laughs> there, you there you go, my point. Uh, <laughs> it is Lord. All right, Rick, I have a question for you. Um, and we loved your story and your pa- and your particular uh, personal passion in life. Great to have met you. I want to bring you back on the show again. But let me ask you one question and give it to me in 30 seconds. What do you think the core values and what do you think any mini suggestions would be as this show tries to go forward and grow?
4: Stay real. Keep your candor. And just love people through the dare airwaves, if you will, if that makes sense. And love them through your the knowledge of what you have and the passions that you have. Ride with it and catch that wave just like you like to serve, G-Man.
5: <laughs>
4: Man. Rod, do you,
1: you have any You have any last words for Rick Rod?
5: Yeah I, yeah, I just have one question, actually. He said, uh, talking about when he was 14 years old, um, I just want to ask him why someone pushed him out that
4: window.
0: <laughs> I thought you were talking about my stepdad. Actually, I thought you were talking about my stepdad. You know, the funny,
4: you know, what's funny about that is a lot of people ask that question. It was just a bunch of kids that we are in, a, in a, the band room and the choir room, and wow. two guys were outside of both doors. And you, you don't make people in band and choir, right?
2: Yeah.
4: What happened was yes. down a narrow hallway, and somebody locked the doors on us. So we're sitting there like a floodgate, ready to just flow open. And that's what happened down the skinny hallway that came out into a second story glass hallway. And I went down for my pencil cause I dropped it and someone thought it'd be funny. Give me a hip check.
0: Wow. I thought it
4: might've been because
5: of, uh, I had a similar situation, but in my, in my situation, it was a girl who pushed me off a balcony because, um, you were, you know, I gracious. said something that she didn't like.
0: Wow. So. <laughs> I, I, I just want to say the good old days when we could just push people out of windows and not fire guns at them in school. Oh, well. <laughs> All right.
4: well hey, Rick, you know Rick, what? Rick, i got had a lot of friends after that. You know, everybody came mm-hmm. up and showed up at the hospital. <laughs> I,
1: bet. <laughs> I bet. They, I bet well, they signed your cast
4: very nicely. No body they, did. cast. they didn't understand why that 13 and a half pounds was hanging off of a pulley in a sling because that's what they used to do back in 77. And really? you know, come in there and start lifting up on these these weights. What are these for? And of course that thing I got a pin through my shin that's pulling the weight to keep the bone from, you know, so it can heal, you know. And these guys are coming in, they keep picking up these weights. And I said, Don't touch the weights. That's keeping my bones from from crushing.
1: Yeah, you <laughs> look a bench pressing,
0: right? Yeah. I'm I'm pretty yeah. sure that pins in my shins is a rap lyric, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well,
5: it sounds it, sound, it sounds almost as bad as mine. When that girl pushed me off the balcony, I ended up with uh, 36 stitches. So,
0: yeah, I, I, Was I, that was that was that the U, UFC fighter girl?
5: No, no, this this was another one
1: actually.
0: <laughs> There's a ballerina. She just like yeah, right. relevé on me. G <laughs> okay. man, take us through. All right.
1: right, yeah. All right, listen, Rick. Great, we'll have you back on the show. You're a very interesting guy, uh, Rod. Of course, Rod's Rod. And uh, Will's <laughs> Will, and I'm the G, I'm, and, I'm the, and I'm the, and I'm the G <laughs> man, and nice. I'm going to go to a bathroom break. Okay. Wow, that sounds good.
0: Considering you're in your car, I'm a little concerned.
5: Yeah, <laughs> he's a bottle. Well, drum. When you're your age, you probably need a bathroom break.
0: Okay. Uh, Hey, G-Man, take us to the break. Give us the URLs. G-Man, give us the URLs and get us out of here.
1: Uh, Okay. Uh, To learn more about the show, the bios, the previous shows you've done that are already posted, go to thestraightskinnyshow.com. Thestraightskinnyshow.com. The only one out there telling the unvarnished naked truth. Trust me. Did you notice that some men are now oh scared to death of women? Guys, the rules are changing all the time. We can't open the door for them. They want a blood sample. They want they want my ancestry.com results. I didn't know I was half Jewish. Behind. Oi vey. Anyway, let's get back to what we were talking about. You know, there could be a new business created here. Professional chaperones for dates. Remember, this is not a new idea. Watch the Quiet Man movie with John Wayne and Maureen O'Hara when they had the little priest there as the chaperone when they were courting. You don't want to be a star of the hashtag MeToo movement, do you guys? So arm yourself with a witness on all female encounters. Hey, the idea is probably franchisable. Go to my website, thestraightskinnyshow.com for more. Okay, the straight skinnies paradigm is very simple you find the unvarnished, naked truth somewhere out in this vast world of information where we're just overdosing every day, They're just throwing the world at us. And so how do you find, how do you parse all the noise to the to the core? So you have to go beyond spin and recognize why the spin is spinning at you and what their agenda is. Hopefully on the straight skinny you find the common ground and as they keep saying in the media now, the common sense of life. Recently, I got the first cat of my life. She's a calico, calico cat, many colors. And male calico cats are very valuable, very expensive, because 99% of calico cats are female. Not sure how they get that done. Anyway, my cat's name is Desiderata, D-E-S-I-D-E-R-A-T-A. Desiderata is a great name, I call her, uh, Desi, but uh, in 1927, from that time frame, a writer, poet, and attorney from Terre Haute, Indiana, wrote a prose poem that was copyrighted, copyrighted in 1952 and embraced by the counterculture in the late 60s, early 70s. And here is how it goes. Words words to live by. Okay, it's called Desiderata. Go placidly amid the noise and haste, and remember what peace there may be in silence. As far as possible without surrender, be on good terms with all persons. Speak your truth quietly and clearly, and listen to others. Even the dull and the ignorant They, too, have their story. Avoid loud and aggressive persons. They are vexations to the spirit. If you compare yourself with others, you may become vain and bitter. For always there will be greater and lesser persons than yourself. Enjoy your achievements as well as your plans. Keep interested in your own career, however humble, It is a real possession in the changing fortunes of time. Exercise caution, exercise caution in your business affairs, for the world is full of trickery. But let this not blind you to what virtue there is. Many persons strive for high ideals, and everywhere life is full of heroism. Be yourself. Especially Do not feign affection, neither be cynical about love, for in the face of all aridity and disenchantment, it is as perennial as the grass. Take kindly the counsel of the years, gracefully surrendering the things of youth. Nurture strength of spirit to shield you in sudden misfortune, but do not distress yourself with dark imaginings. Many fears are born of fatigue and loneliness. Beyond a wholesome discipline, be gentle with yourself. You are a child of the universe, no less than the trees and the stars. You have a right to be here. And whether or not, whether or not it is clear, it is clear to you. No doubt the universe is unfolding as it should. Therefore, be at peace with God, whatever you conceive him to be, and whatever your labors and aspirations and the noisy confusion of life, keep peace with your soul. With all its sham drudgery and broken dreams, it is still a beautiful world. Be cheerful, strive to be happy. Like I said, opening this little final thought thing here. Um, it was written in 1927. And I found reading Greek philosophy and Roman history and all these topics in Chinese history and all this stuff I like to read and listen to, Audiobooks. books, um, wisdom can be timeless. Something written 500 years ago. Hello. Sorry about that, Will. My goddamn cat just broke my favorite picture frame running around the goddamn apartment. Okay, (laughs) I hope you can delete that out. (laughs) Anyway, what was I saying? I just did the poem. Thank God I finished that before she broke something. Goddamn cats. Hang on a second. Sorry about that. Anyway, I was starting to say, um, 1927 writer, poet, and attorney from Terre Haute, Indiana, Max Ehrman, E-H-R-M-A-N-N. You can look him up on Wikipedia. He wrote this that prose poem, Desiderata. Okay, quick final words. Privacy. P-R-I, P-R-I, shit. It's so far gone now, privacy. I, I forget how to spell it. If you went to Webster, I guess they're going to delineate it out of the Webster's Dictionary because nobody knows how to spell it or know what it means anymore, especially major corporations. They are up my butt. I used to get, like all of you people out there in Radio Land, I used to get 20, 30 emails a day. Fine. I got a bunch of text messages, you know, not text messages, but, you know, calls on my home phone when I had one. You know, scammers and uh, solicitors and, you know, uh, boiler room salesmen and all this crapola. And, you know, 20, 30, I can delete a day. I'm up to like 48,000 now because I was getting you know, carpal finger syndrome from deleting all these stupid emails, people trying to sell me something. Anyway, long story short, privacy. Uh, I guess you're all experiencing the same thing. It's disappearing. I'm in a restaurant in Philly, and they're advertising another restaurant down the street on my text messages. And I thought, Jesus, they know where I am. So if you want to make a comment on the website, that's TheStraightSkinnyShow.com or my personal site, JerryTheGMan.com Get more information about my bio and my pictures and stuff. But uh, yeah, TheStraightSkinnyShow.com You can leave some comments about anything I do or say. Okay, okay, okay. Once again, you're listening to The Straight Skinny Show. The Unvarnished Naked Truth. That's what you get here on The Straight Skinny Show. We do the research. You don't have to. We find the truth for you and give it to you, deliver it to you, every week. If you like that music in the background, that's from Rod the Kiwi, not the fruit, Rod the Kiwi, one of our co-hosts, who also is a musician.
3: Once upon a time, there was a man, should have just saw him roar did out here yeah. no measure. should no.